Yo, 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 welcome to the Wake Up Call, the world's most dangerous podcast you ever seen in your life. You sound hungry. That was my danger. What the hell was that? (laughs) You sound like a damn law. Anyways, it's your girl Naomi May. And this your boy, Brother Kirk. I ain't erring out here. Whatever. How was your week? First off, that was rude. We have a special guest today. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, I, I told you I'm not used to this. We have a special guest. Could you introduce yourself? Bog Nero, Nero, Nero. What have you been? Worldwide Nero. Oh, shit. Oh, in the building. Applause and shit. In the building. So he will What's be... Up, How you doing today? I'm chilling, man. I'm just decompressing right now, really. I figured real, it. Yeah, I figured it. Taking I, it easy. I like your um, paint do-rag. Very Cam'ron, Dipsay. Vibes on Thank you, bro. You know what I'm saying, yeah. I if I'm not on stage, I really don't walk without it. It's a crazy story about it. I, I'll get into that later, but you know I always keep my do rag on now. Is you. it like LeBron James? No, it's not <laughs> even that. So that's not. What's not? All right, we'll, we'll talk about that. To, you talking about being rude, LeBron? I, I just re- realized why he wear a do rag okay. now too. Don't, we'll, don't we'll, talk, we'll talk about I that. Ain't in it. I don't even know what's going on, <laughs> with LeBron, right now. Yo, we'll talk about that later. Let's get into our top. Three for the week. Top three for the week. All right, let's get this shit popping. You drop a bomb one time for us. For what? Because it's the wake up call. Drop that damn bomb for this top three shit. Oh. Uh, you talking about I'm fucking. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, so our top three. Right. You want to start it off? No, you can start. Okay, so first. we talked about last week. Um. T.I. and his daughter, New York has now passed a law making it illegal for, you know, parents to actually talk about your virginity. You can't ask for a virginity pack test. You can't ask for a hymen test. It's now illegal in New York to do that because of T.I. Yo, that's some shit. Do you feel like it's because of him or he just knew what was coming because he's heir to the the political streets? I feel like he brought light to it. I feel like it's, he's not the only man that's done that because right. we put T.I. on his high pedestal. Yeah. That since he's like open about it with no remorse, everybody's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The backlash from the feminist community and the backlash that he received kind of like said, all right, we need these votes. So let's, you know, please them because they're the larger audience. Right. And let's just yeah. make this. Let's just make this. Happen. I think this was the baddest move I've ever seen T.I. did. I think this shit was worse than getting locked up with um, all them fucking weapons of mass destruction um, guns he had that time he got booked. <laughs> I feel you know like it saying? was uh, like he was just doing him. Like I don't, yeah. I don't agree with what he did, right. nor do I uh, like disagree because right. that's his personal life, that's his family. The fact that it's just public knowledge now is what made it like. A, a social issue that people wanted to address you feel me exactly because yeah, yeah. no one said anything when he talked about he don't care if his his son his 15 year old son was having sex no one said anything about that he was open and honest about that. no right. one said anything see how acting like he ain't got like seven kids he was out here doing all types of shit when he was a young boy so. yeah but <laughs> but it's the difference like we put ti on this high pedestal and i don't know why it's because number one he wanted the um best rappers of all time He's he's an icon in the he's culture. He's an icon. Yes. If you had a Mount Rushmore of Atlanta rappers, Ti damn sure right. Oh, there. so you had to narrow it down to Atlanta rappers. No, I'm no no. I'm just saying like because Atlanta is like one of the biggest hip hop cities on, on some shit. It'd be Ti, Luda, G, Mamas, Ti, Luda, Jeezy, and then you got like split outcast. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not mad at the list. You feel me? I'm not mad at it. It makes sense. It does make sense. Ti won a Grammy. Ti did more than music. So you think if it wasn't T.I., it's someone else that wasn't at his standard? Do you think if they said something like this, it would have this big of an impact? I feel like it would because people just want to look for a reason to have an opinion on something. You feel Thanks. me? So it's like even if I just feel like 
it held more weight because you know we look at Ti as like someone with a, a and a, a a lot a logical rational way of thinking, mm-hmm. and he knows how to uh, you know express himself right. like intelligently mm-hmm. or intellectually. So expeditiously, mm-hmm. it, it holds weight. <laughs> it does hold weight. It holds weight. Hold weight. weight. So, it holds weight. Yeah, so it's just crazy because like Ti, his background, you know, trapping and all that, and you know the way he does was was brought up and you know coming from the gutter like all of us and then the way he you know conversate by himself all the time you know i try to get my little ti voice on but <laughs> and everybody put him up on a like you said on a pedestal because he's very like he is intelligent it just like i said that was a badass move it was but even i'm gonna kind of like have a divergent segment on ti he was on red table talk mm-hmm. where he didn't understand what patriarchy was so mm-hmm. it's like we had this man on this high standard. He doesn't understand what patriarchy is. So why are we? Because you got to look at the climate and the people here around. It's like mm-hmm. when you think of Atlanta and the, the, the music, you think of like dumbed down beats, mm-hmm. drive driven, yeah. you know what I'm saying? More emotional. Like like Young Thug is a vibe. He's not a he's not a, a lyricist, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you got somebody that come from Atlanta that like can like, you know, Articulate himself the mm-hmm. way Ti do is stand out. It's so it's like you know you got Killer Mike, you got all of them, but like Ti the most like popular person that yeah. had like a, a lane and was able to articulate himself. So it's just like oh all right, yeah Ti you you know what I'm saying you yeah. hold it down. They was on the Red Table Talk with Tiny talk about infidelity, talking about just opening the light of what type of person Ti is. Like I think everyone glorifies him because he is a good rap. He's a great rapper. He's a he's yeah. a great rapper and, and he that- knows how to he knows how to articulate himself, yeah. but. Is because he chooses to. You gotta think like two chains would probably be a better person to put in that situation. Yeah, Gra- graduated college, straight yeah. A's, Facts. but that's not the image that he give off. So mm-hmm. you're not gonna look to two chains. But yeah. you know, the real. But that's not, not. I honestly think the red table talk kind of like opened people's eyes to who Ti actually is, as opposed to who people want Ti to be. Right. Ti is just a regular guy that has regular issues. That has, you know, he says certain things that sometimes he doesn't, you know, always understand what he's saying. He's just saying things just to say it because he knows he's going to get a reaction. Or he knows that this is what I'm supposed to say. But some of the stuff on the radio table talk was kind of like, it made me look at him and Tiny's relationship a little differently. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, they had a TV show and it was more so like glamorized. But then when you have like an intimate setting and you hear him talking about, you know, infidelity and laughing at her pain, it's kind of like you just see the man instead of the artist. Mm. See, it's a lot. Like I said, it's a lot. It's crazy how life changes. Like how he, the way he started, the way he, he grew up, you know. Then he's the rapper with the kids now. How it is? It's it's crazy how we get to look at people like lights through like goddamn small screens. The evolution, and yeah. And we yeah. think that we know them and stuff. It's like we don't. Really I mean, know them. It's, a, it's a situation where as though you live like they live long enough to see them become the villain. You feel me? Like, That's yeah. the Batman quote, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's true because yeah. it's like this person doing all this in our eyes until they do one thing wrong then they're like that one yeah, thing stands out. Yeah, you know what I mean? I didn't, he didn't, you know, sometimes people fuck up. Everybody fuck up. You fuck up, I fuck up. My man right here fuck up. Everybody fuck up. Sometimes. I don't fuck up. I am you absolutely, I am a black unicorn and I am perfect. That's what my mommy and daddy told me. <laughs> That's bullshit. Anyway. Speaking of other artists, Little Nas X is now the top growing first Gay male country artist, you know, shout outs to him because, like, in the rap game, that's like on some shit. And it's, it's fucked up to say this, but and, and it's need to change. But, like, when you as a rapper and they say, Oh, you gay, like, yeah, that shit like crucifies your fucking career. Like, that's so? yeah, like, I like being like the rap game, like, being 
quote unquote gay. Like a lot of people, like that's unmasculated. Like what the fuck? No, and rappers are supposed to be like the most masculated motherfuckers around. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like I agree with that, but that's how that's the persona it comes off. Like, sure. and so do you think if he was if he was a rapper, you think he would dominate as much as he's dominating the country artists in rap right now? Say that again for me. You think if he was strictly rap, right. hip hop, you think he would dominate the way he's dominating country? Mm. Like, granted, if he had the hottest bars, we're not even talking about the songs. Like, what if he had the hottest bars, like, had the hottest songs, had the hottest lyrics, the punchlines? You think he would dominate if he was a gay black rapper? I don't know, because, like, like I said, that's like, impossible because go ahead. hip hop, like, rap culture is built off of, like, masculinity. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? No, no weakness. That's why. You know, 06 and down, it was like you really had to live what you rapped about. Right. That's why Beanie Siegel was so big. And, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, well respected because it, it was a certain lifestyle that came with this this hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what it's built on. And, I mean, r- regardless of, you know, how creative you are, how, like, lyrical you are, um, rap wouldn't let you. Right. You know I mean? Only one person I heard and got away with some. Kind of like homosexual bars and got away, like basically got away with murder. Biggie. Biggie said, mm-hmm. and I quote on the song, Me and My Bitch. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I, I might get the lyrics wrong, but when you when I first laid eyes on you, on you, my faults was a trip. You look so good, I suck on your daddy's dick. Yeah. Yeah, he got away with that shit. But that, but that was, was Biggie. Though. That was a different time. But, yeah. but still, in the fact that he, you know what I mean, he not a gay rapper. Right. Mm-hmm. That was just some pause-worthy shit to say, you feel me? Right, but he ain't never get like, what the fuck, bitch? Like, he never got But then, nothing. All right, so you think, you think that. if that bar was to be dropped today with social media, do you think it would receive oh, a different yeah. reaction? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So maybe that's the reason. Maybe the reason is that there was a reaction, but there wasn't a platform to show that type of reaction. No, because uh, that it wasn't a person. Like, Biggie wasn't, like... A gay rapper, mm-hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? That was just some Paul's really shit again. Like, it's it's just regardless of the times, it's just like the hip hop community won't let certain things happen. Like, it like hip hop is the only genre that doesn't uh, create subgenres or openly welcome in subgenres. Like, that is very true. They gave so much hell to you know mumble rap when it came in like, mm-hmm. that's not real hip-hop that is real hip-hop it's mm-hmm. an emotion like it's an art form like how you gonna tell these kids that represent the future that that's you know, not hip-hop yeah. you know what i mean hip-hop is the most criticized genre of all so music. do you think hip-hop should have sub-genres absolutely mm-hmm. it should it does have sub-genres it should be more accepting of these sub-genres mm-hmm. and stop uh segregating and, and forcing people in the other lanes like what I do is hip hop. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Right. Like you think uh hood EDM, that's mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, that's the, the genre that I created, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Is me rapping over electronic dance music, right? Yeah. When you think of the beginning of hip hop, you think of rappers rapping over disco break beats. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's what hip hop is built on. Right. So what I'm doing, how you gonna tell me what I'm doing is not hip hop, you feel me? Yeah. yeah. What's that show on Netflix? Um, it was canceled after one season. You're talking it, about the um, John Cardi The Get Down. No, the Get Down. Uh, the Get oh, Down yeah. actually showed the origination of hip-hop. They actually showed how they took disco rap. They took the disco albums and they, they scratched the albums up and they actually created the beats. So in actuality, it wasn't no beat making. It was just taking pre-existing albums and creating the beat. To, then you rapped over it. Well, you know the first hip-hop um, song that got charted 
was um the Sugar Hill Gang, and I might be wrong, but um the Sugar Hill Gang um rappers delight. Okay. And then, you know, sounding the hip hop, hip like all that. That's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's right. I mean, hip hop should be more accepting, but I think that goes with a larger subject that we'll talk about a little later on about what is black culture. Like, how mm. do you say what is not black culture because it's not into the societal norm? Right. So we're going to um, Bernie Sanders at our next topic. I Speaking love of- me some goddamn Bernie Sanders. That's my guy. <laughs> That's my guy. <laughs> he proposed to have all HBCUs tuitions free. That's why he's my guy. I'm, but did you go to HBCU? I didn't, but listen, I met Bernie Sanders one time. He actually gave me a hug. I didn't even ask for a hug. That's all you need for them to be a guy? Yo, first, no, 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 if no, anybody no. want to be Kurt's guy, just come give him a hug, y'all. No, no. <laughs> You're a guy. No, that's some Paul <laughs> shit. Anyway... <laughs> Listen, I went to his rally because he was my guy. I believe everything he, he um talks about. Well, you you know, all that politics, they be talking that bullshit. But I really, like, out of all the stuff, his opinions, I really fuck with that the most. Like, you know, and um, especially, like, he, like, he want to help the youth. Only thing is, the reason to me he didn't win presidency, you know, last four whatever years ago is because he old. And it's fucked up. People keep saying he's old, but him and Donald Trump, their age is only yeah. two, three years Donald, apart. Like, Bernie just look old. Right. Donald Trump is like 71. That's what I'm saying. They're not like, Bernie's not that much older. You know, like, white people sometimes they age badly. But, and unfortunately. But it's not even the fact that, like you said, he look old. That's yeah. That's, that's enough. Yeah. People not wanna, you know what I mean? People are visual like, learners. But, they are visual you know, they learners. said being a president is the most stressful job. Yeah, you saw Shit. Obama Obama, Obama was black and he went great. <laughs> they gave Obama hell. Lord knows how Bernie's gonna look after but, four years. But the thing is, with Bernie doing that, that shit is lit. What are you doing? But do you think he should? Why do you think he should limit it to HBCUs? I ain't say that. No, I'm saying, do you think he should just limit it to HBCUs, or should he just limit it to like black students? I don't know. Like, how would you? The reason why number one, you gotta fuck with him because he didn't even go to an HBCU and he's saying that shit. Bernie Dan. Oh, Bernie was definitely in shooting in the gym. Like you, there's a lot of historic pictures of Bernie at the walks with Birmingham. Like he was definitely there. Like he ain't going to HBCU. I know he didn't. He was right there marching. Oh yeah, it's a picture of him and Martin Luther. That's what I'm saying. So it's not the fact that he didn't go to HBCU. Yeah, he was right there. Young Bernie, he was fine too. Back in the day, Young Bernie was fine. Yo, you got a problem. Young Joe Biden was fine too. Yo, you only only person that was bad. (laughs) I'll give you that one because um no Paul shoot (laughs) that shit no because Betty White was bad as shit too. So I'll give you that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love looking at all that. Yeah, I, exactly. But wow, anyway. This conversation. This is crazy. <laughs> but listen, um, oh, that, that right there, he didn't even experience the HBCU. And he was like, yeah, they need to be free. That's a show you he down for like other cultures and he understand the culture And it's problems. good because I don't think people realize like funding for HBCU, they don't get as much funding as bigger universities. And a lot of top athletes will opt out of going to HBCUs for larger schools. So yeah. it's like if you give them a free ride or give them, you know, more funding, I think more black people be more accepting to go to HBCUs because they're not as prominent as they once were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see them often, but it's so many of them that they're not getting that much funding. Right. If that makes sense. No, you right about the athlete one because the Yeah, a lot of top athletes. No, you don't you don't see top athletes going to HBCUs and playing. No, facts. But the first, you know the the first um black quarterback that won the um Super Bowl MVP, he went to HBCU. Who? Doug Williams. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Just, just, just making sure. He went to, uh, I think, Gambling State. All right. Like Shout that, out so. to you, Doug. Yeah, he wanted the Redskins back in the 80s. And being black. Oh, it's our favorite topic. 
Oh, it's on? Yeah, it's on. All right, so I was being all nice. Now I get to be crazy. Yes, this is our dumb ass of the week. Let me take it here. Let me take it here. Listen, where the camera? You know I got to go crazy. <laughs> I got to look at this shit. Let me give you, let me tell you why this person would get dumb ass of the week. As a man, as a man, we got certain codes. And one of them, and when I say this, ladies, don't come at me with that crazy shit. But one of the rules are bros before <laughs> hoes. So let me explain this to you. There are four guys back in the early 2000s, and they had all the hoes chasing them. One nigga name is Amarion. The next nigga name is Lil Fez. The other nigga with the swollen lip, I don't know his name. Raz B. Yeah, Raz B. And then, um. Jay Bug. Yeah, like, yeah, on, yeah. Jay Bug. I'm sorry. On their name. Jay Bug. Their name was B2K. I still don't know what B2K stands for. Boys of 2000. For real? Right. Right? Yes. All right, all right, all right. Hold on. I, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. But look, they they went and got all, they they broke records, all blah, blah, blah. Right? Right. R. Kelly wrote majority of their songs. Let, let me let me get this popping. Hold on. So they broke it records. I know R. Kelly did that. Yeah. Oh, uh, I feel some type of way now. Anyway, they stopped in like O2, some shit like that. And they all went their separate ways. Right before their tour, because I had tickets for that too. Omarion was the main star of it. You know, he was Paul McCartney of the Beatles. He was and the shit. Beyonce. And yeah, he was the Beyonce. He left and did his thing, and then boom. All right. Let's get back to 18, 19, such as years later, right? They go on a tour, reunion, right? It'll uh, get to the point, yeah. Let's go. You got have a background <laughs> story. They go to tour, the reunion, they did money, blah, 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 everything cool. One of them is on Love and Hip Hop. No, both of them. Both of them is on Love and Hip Hop. Lil Fizz. You Lil Fizz, Amarion, and then they got a baby mama named April. April. They don't have a baby mama. Amarion has a baby mama. I, I, I'm going to explain it. I got this. Amarion. It's like three minutes and like you're not even <laughs> to the point. Yo, I'm getting to the point. I'm getting to the point. Amarion um, messed with a girl named April. They had a baby. Amarion, boom. They go on tour, bam. Everything good. Lil Fizz. First up. He, I can't I can't let you butcher this story. Go ahead. Go Marianne ahead. and April, they were together. They had two kids together. They were together for a while. In the meantime, Fizz had a baby mama Monice. They had a baby. Blah blah. Their Fizz and Monice's relationship has been up and down. Monice has been going through a lot of mental health issues and Fizz just been like, I don't care. So Amarion and April, they broke up. April finds comfort in Fizz saying, Oh, he's there for me when I needed help. But it's like Fizz, you have a whole baby mama who's been asking you. For this type of support. And you over there with your man's baby mama. Right. So like, so like I was saying. So um, April messed it with Lil Fizz. So what Omarion did. He ain't get mad. No, no, no. Nah, then nah. we got to call Fizz. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. Like he ain't get mad. He's like, like, oh, you want to mess with my, you wanna mess with my shorty? Go ahead. Do your thing. Whatever. That's, you know, my second dishes anyway. Go ahead. Do your thing. He didn't say so, that. And Marion was very unbothered. And, he went on to say. And his hair he did. No, but anyway. I, I'm just saying. He went on to say, look, that is the mother of my, ch of my children. Whatever affects her affects my children and affects me. So as long as she's happy, it affects all my kids, and then it makes me happy. Yeah, that's the public answer. His real back in his head said, you got my second dishes. I don't give a fuck no more. Anyway, he goes and say, I'm going to get him back, though. I'm going to get him back. So he has a tour. He, he did the re um what's it called what's the damn tour say the tour no, you say you say you say you say you say you say whatever the damn tour is called the millennium two tour. yeah yeah 
So instead of bringing B2K back, he gets Bow Wow and the rest of the game cut the nigga off. So, but not only that, he drops the flyer on Fizz's birthday. On his birthday. <laughs> so on his birthday. Now. This is Dumbass of the Week, but I also want to give out the most savage award goes to Amarion. <laughs> Not only you took my man money away. He took his money away. Not only you did it on his birthday. You just a cold brother for that shit. So, Dumbass of the Week go to Lil Fizz. Bros before hoes. You know better to do some shit like that. Now, Amarion took your money and he did it on his birthday. Now, you and your baby mom got to go get that VH1 money. Meanwhile, he about to go with Bow Wow and make all types of more money. Dumbass. Drop that bomb one Dumbass. time for me. Dumbass. Thank you. Now, Dumbass. How you feel about this, Naomi? <laughs> First off, woo. I feel like I'm 30. <laughs> that was a while. Um, I feel as though, honestly, so they might have dropped B2K because like I said earlier, like R. Kelly wrote most of their songs. That mm-hmm. could be a political, not even political, but more so like, all right, we're not trying... <laughs> that I think that was was that from R. Kelly's tapes. Yeah. So I mean, it could be like I don't want to stir no more controversy because last year when they went on tour, R. Kelly was on trial and they couldn't really pull back because they already had you know the tracks in motion. Right. It was more so like let's boycott R. Kelly. Was like yo, this is our money. Amarion went on to be solo. None of his songs were written by R. Kelly, so he has more mm. freedom. With his songs now, because he doesn't have B2K. Right. Now, granted, that would be my answer if I was a Marion, why I'm not bringing B2K out. But it could have been, you know, motivated by spite. Because if you realize, they had a, um, Chris Stokes was um, their manager, and he had a little thing with Raz B. And they, last year, Raz B was like, I don't want to do this anymore. It was a big blow up. Mm. Like, so it could be many different causes of why B2K is not along. But if a Marion is going to do this, it's his choice. Like, what they going to say? They can't say nothing. He was unbothered. He's honestly unbothered, and he's about his money. He didn't say anything. He didn't react any negatively. I don't care what was in his head. He didn't react negatively. He didn't say anything bad about April. He didn't say anything bad about Fizz. Nothing bad. He was about his money, and he kept it moving. That's how you kill somebody. You kill them. You don't get what kindness. No, no, no. You come in their pockets. That's how you get them. Mm. He was Stone Cold Steve Austin cold for that shit. But anyways, I don't believe in dating other people's exes anyway. I just feel like, especially if they were like, I feel like they were like brothers. I don't know. I feel like we saw them grow up. I mean, it's the picture with all of them stacked on each other. Like, you got to be close to do that. First and first, how you feel kissing another woman when, you know, I already kissed that woman. Now you... I mean, kissing it don't. No, they don't no, care. No. I was be, I was trying to be nice, but yeah, it is what it is. And April went on to say that Fizz is the best sex of her life. So, but she, she did say that. But she was probably giving Marion hair. Now he touching Marion. Yeah, that's that's, that's too much. That's too much going on. That's her life. But listen, she like they say on on Friday, she kept it all in the family. Next. Shout out to Marion and Millennium. Uh, Millennium, what is it? TK, now, uh, you got it. Oh, I got it. Mm-hmm. I will be there. Probably be front. Two rows. Um, probably wear my um. You should wear a little fish shirt. Uh, you should wear a little fish shirt. That shit be fun. <laughs> With the braids and shit. Free little. I fizz. will be there. Sammy's gonna be there. Bow Wow's gonna be there. Can we, um, can we pause pleasure, real quick? Pleasure peeing. Uh, what? Pretty what Ricky? the fuck does Sammy done besides that one little song? Just because he is not, you know, on major record labels and major like out there, he's been making music for the past twenty years. I only know <laughs> like, that one song. I like it, baby, baby. That was actually twenty years ago. That's the only song I know. That was actually like legit twenty years ago, November thirtieth, nineteen ninety nine. That's crazy. The gang ain't twins on there though. 
Yeah, I fucks with the Yee Yee Twins. Yeah. Ah. Honestly, their show last year, like I was surprised at how put together the like the Millennium Tour was. Like these guys were really not not like out of breath. Not like I feel like they really trained for that and they gave people what they wanted. Granted, they passed their prime. They old as hell, but it's like to still be able to, to sell out shows at your age and having dropped albums in in decades shows the type of star power they were. Honestly, uh, was you out there shaking like a salt shaker? I was shaking it like a pepper shaker, paprika, garlic powder. Onion powder. Start doing the most. <laughs> now, now, Bach, Bach, how you feel about this dumbass of the week? Was it given right? Was it, I mean, it deserved? I don't, I don't really know too much about that situation. So, um, I mean, I feel you. I mean, I feel it, it sounds crazy, though. Like, he slept with his baby mom. Basically, the boy, yeah, Lil Fans mess with a Marion baby mama now. That's wild. It's wild. Like, and that's like one of your brothers messing with your baby mom. Like, it's just, it's a no no. If they're a man, woman, it's just a no-no. I mean, there's six, what, seven billion people in this world? Come on. Find someone else. And then the thing oh, is, they someone. try to find it at first. Talking about some, no. Honestly, they probably weren't. That, that's my friend. They probably weren't friends. But that's, but that's honestly how relationships grow. Like, people, they come at you they come at you out of nowhere. They're just friends. But anyways, let's move on. So, let's start with our danger zone. So, here, our danger zone, we do kind of like a rapid fire. We'll give our guests a choice of two different... Not even too different, but they're like similar, similar subjects, similar topics, and you have to pick which topic you want. So I'm gonna let you go first. You can you can do five, and I'll do five. All right, cool. You ready, brother? Welcome let's to. Get, let's get an example first. So basically, I'm gonna give you one minute, and I'm gonna throw some questions at you. You got one minute, um, and it's, I'm gonna ask a whole bunch of questions in one minute pass. Can we get an example? You give an example. Though. That's what I'm asking. So if I say Pringles or Lay's. Something like that. Janet right. Jackson or Whitney Houston. That that'll right, be an right, example. Right. All right, cool. Give me an example. Yeah, it's because I mean, you, I'm gonna. You just you reiterate them, what I said. You know, my fucking nerves today. Wow, anyway. you're cursing at me. I don't care. You're the snitch. Yo. <laughs> 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 anyway, all right, let's get it. You ready? You got that clock out. I got it. All right, go. Nike or Adidas. Adidas. J or Kanye. J. All right, all right, all right, all right, cool. I'm going to ask you the one already ready. Janet or Whitney? Whitney. Okay, okay. Um, Eagles or Sixers? Eagles. Cheese steak or hoagie? Cheese steak. Ooh, past the Genos. Neither. Neither. Ah, <laughs> okay. I had okay. to answer that. <laughs> I had to answer that one. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm trying one more, one more. Give me one. PlayStation 4 or Xbox? PlayStation. My guy. Okay, okay. Boom. You don't want your whole minute? You, you just want 45 seconds? Oh, <laughs> like, you just, like, oh I got some more. I got some more. Biggie or Pop? Pop. Okay, okay. Ready to die or all eyes on me? All eyes on me. Ooh, okay. Oh, Kendrick or J. Cole? Kendrick. Okay. Kendrick or Drake? Drake. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Take care or nothing was the same? Take care. Oh. All right, your minute is up. Bam. Dang, my question is not going to be all like... Music related because I'm a weirdo. Cool. <laughs> Unicorn. <laughs> That's gonna be one of mine. <laughs> All right, so I'll start. Okay, so Pringles or Lay's? Pringles. Um, cheddar cheese or Cool Ranch? Cool Ranch. <laughs> um, regular Cheetos or Fire Cheetos? Fire. Uh, bacon on your burger or bacon on off your burger? Neither. Oh, okay. What about turkey bacon? Turkey bacon is okay. cool. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Um, math or science? Science. 
Gym or lunch? Gym. Uh, going to sleep early or waking up early? Waking up early. Okay, red or green? Green. Uh, jumping jacks or push-ups? Push-ups. <laughs> How many push-ups can you do in a minute? A lot. Okay, say less. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that's all I got. <laughs> Wait, I had one more form. I forgot to use mine. You, you done? Yeah, go ahead. All right, oh, Fresh Prince of Martin. Mm. I forgot to ask you that one. That's a... It depends on That's how, the hardest question Yeah, yeah it depends That's It depends Because it's an age thing mm. I feel like when you're younger You know you're watching Fresh Prince Fresh But when Prince you're older You're watching Martin Ooh, you know? Damn I never really thought about it like that I never thought yeah. about it like that Because that's yeah. some real shit Yeah, it's an age yeah. thing Because you know I mean? was I love Will Smith when I was, Especially movies and shit Men in Black He made all the Cause, kids Because we related to him Right, Martin, right we, Get mean, He made with the it. comedies But it was like his show was mature. Right. You know I mean? Until we got older, then we got the really... Mm, yeah, so, so that's a hard yeah, one. It's an age thing. All right, all right. I'm going to twist it up for you real, with this one more time then. Good times or a different world? Good times. Got you. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Dynamite. Dynamite. Oh, we... um. So what we're going to do is going to talk about a real, to- real talk topic for today. And it'll kind of tie into our interview with you. Um, So... You know, being 29 years old, you know, you've encountered a lot throughout the community and stuff. And just the real talk topic is, you know, when people say you're losing your black card. So what exactly is a black card? Like, what do you have to have to have your black card? I know there's been memes around, like, if you don't watch certain amount of movies or these movies, then you're not considered black. If you don't do certain things, if you don't like certain foods, you're not considered black. Like, what is considered black? I mean, is 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 weird like you can't really like for me it's like what what do you consider like african-american because Af- there's black people all around the world you the, feel me yeah. like is a, a person in the uk is black they mm-hmm. go through similar you know right things similar that we go through over yeah. here but it's like so i would say in america I mean? what do you consider african-american as our culture because i think we are as a people very close-minded um that see we could get deep into that because now when you when you think of hip-hop like hip-hop is bigger than just black culture now because it's mm-hmm. it's pop culture you know what i mean like mm-hmm. the, no, moment, the moment you decide to share a culture for monetary gain and purposes is like it gets bigger than just like something we the do black dollar you know what i mean it, it's yeah. bigger than just like something yeah. we do on the street corners now it's mm-hmm. like hip-hop too damn big it's, it's too big like, like we used to, we was talking like before we got here um cardi b yeah, 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 yeah. How Cardi B got that fucking old rich white man money now. She ain't Cardi B uh, loving hip hop. And, and no that's more. the thing is like, is, so you, like hip hop is bigger than just a color now. Facts. You know what I mean? So it's a lifestyle. Like now, in the same breath, do you take somebody who a black person who don't listen to hip hop and they not black? You know exact. I mean? True mm-hmm. question. Because like you got old heads that listen to Motown, jazz, mm-hmm. real like you know what I mean like. What they would consider like real music, right? So, not even old here, young boys, but not, too. yeah, you know but I mean? not even like not even saying hip hop, but like as a culture, like if you don't, you know, act a certain way, or if you don't listen to a certain type of music, or if you don't eat a certain type of food, like some people would be like, oh, you're not black, or you losing your black card. See, I don't, I don't believe in that, because saying that is like saying like you have to be limited to be mm-hmm. black. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't believe in that. You know what I mean? I believe that black people are like. Limitless. I think you know yeah. what I mean. So why limit yourself to like, oh, you speak like this, you know what I mean? You gotta talk 
crazy. Yeah. You got to sound like a slave or you're not black. Like, that is a great way of thinking. I honestly wish that the whole community would think that way. And I think if the whole community thought that way, we wouldn't have people try to hide who they are, try to pretend who they are, mm-hmm. try to like fit into this um, like this imaginary mold that you have to be, make the type of music that they think people want to hear. You yeah. know, they'll be more open and more in touch with themselves if it was more accepting. That's just what I think. I don't think who, first thing first, who the fuck is you to even judge mom? So unquote blackness. Are you like the fucking um, expert? Like, I mean, that's, it's, that's honestly, it doesn't matter. Just like everyone has an opinion, everyone has something to say. But that's it's like, dumb. like go around social media. If you haven't seen, like, I could personally say I've never seen Training Day. If I tell somebody that, oh, you not black, or I've never seen Boys in the Hood. I'll, see, and that's a, that's <laughs> that's the thing. Is like I say, all those like Training Day. That's more so hip hop culture because mm-hmm. it's like. King Kong ain't got shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, you hear that in samples on music. Mm -hmm. When he was walking around, he had the chain on the cross. You know what I'm saying? The fade, Mm -hmm. like, riding in the lowrider. That's culture more so than, like, a color. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That my nigga mean, that shit's crazy. Yeah, like, you know what that mean when you see it. And when somebody send it to you, you know the vibe for it. You know what I mean? Facts. It's more so culture than, like, a color. Yeah, because I, I, like, my opinion on that is, like, you because you haven't seen mm, say Friday or some shit like that. That doesn't mean that you ain't had a struggle in life or anything like that. Or basically that makes you are a preppy ass kid from fucking whatever. No, that's shit's dumb. Well, I'm gonna give you a not even a synopsis, but an example. I used to talk to this guy, right? And I guess I, I don't know if this is a thing like a struggle, a comparison of struggle, which I don't really you know, I'm too fond of. I grew up in Northeast Philadelphia. He grew up in North Philly. Mm -hmm. He told me, I don't know what it feels like to be black because I didn't grow up with the struggle. I didn't grow up doing X, Y, and Z. I said, why do we have to equate being black with a struggle? Like, why is that a certain thing that we have to say? Like, oh, you never struggled, so you don't know what it feels like to be black. No, I know exactly what it feels like to be black. I said, you don't know what it feels like to be black, to be in third grade, being the only black person in your class when everybody's staring at you. Like, and he's like, well, that's different. It's not different. If I'm looking around, no one looks like me. I'm having this whole identity crisis at nine. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that makes me more black than you, but it's like, I don't test your blackness. I don't question your blackness. Why question my blackness? Because I don't know what it sounds like. He's like, well, you don't know what it sounds like when bullets fly through you. First off, you need to pick new friends if that's what you're going through. If you feel bullets flying through you, Shit, you need that, to. Fuck me. You know, like, you why do. find a better location. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like. I feel like sometimes it's like a struggle Olympics. Is struggle that's, Olympics. That's, I feel like that's a cop out. Mm-hmm. It's honestly a cop out associating your blackness with the struggle because it's like a lot of the struggle is self inflicting. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, you know, like the moment we get some money, we want to flex on one another, right? Yeah. But at the same time, now, you know, in anywhere you go, like, you go to Brazil. Mm-hmm. I went to Brazil. I, I know you travel. We're yeah, talking so about I, that. So, yeah. so, I, so I was in the Brazil. I was in Brazil in the favelas, right? It, when you go certain places, if you go to the third world country, you not. I'm not wearing my grill. I'm mm-hmm. not wearing. I'm wearing white t-shirts, shorts, dressing regular because mm-hmm. it's like you walking around. You looking like a target. You asking for these things. Mm-hmm. So the same thing when you in the hood is like when you get this money, you start flexing on everybody. You asking for this attention because you're still in this area where people don't have it. So you're going, you know what I mean? And it just so happened that you around other black people. Speaking of that, right, um, right. you heard about Meek Mill's new artist? 
Um, he doesn't wear, he doesn't have any jewelry, doesn't have anything. And they asked him why. People were asking. He's like, first off, my mom don't have a house yet. That's the realest answer. My grandma going through chemo. What I look like spending $50,000. So you see what I'm saying? He's woke. Yeah, like, right. to flex he, he, on something. He, he understands it and he's changing the narrative mm-hmm. because he's young enough to do that and have an impact on it. Like people associate the struggle with mm-hmm. being black because, like I said, it's self-warranted. Like yeah. you right. look at like every, like every minority, like the struggle should be associated with minorities. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because just like, like take her parents as an example, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They came from Vietnam. Her grandpa and her dad fought in a war for America. Mm-hmm. He, her grandpa spent like 15 years in jail. Mm-hmm. Her dad had to walk through Thailand mm-hmm. to like get to a safe zone to come over here. Mm-hmm. Her mom got shot coming over here. Oh, so it's like, that's a struggle story. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. But it's like, yeah. It's not something they walk around like, oh yeah, let's, let's bragging see. about. Like, right. I, I, you need to give me this because I went through hard times. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, oh, so that's in a, even in a conversation. Hey, how you doing? What's your name? Yeah, my mom got you. exactly. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> soon as, soon, soon as we get out that, that 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 dialogue of like feeling sorry for ourselves mm-hmm. as a as a you know a, a race, mm-hmm. yeah, then we can start building. And then the structure could become stronger and it'll be built on something solid. You know what I mean? As I think, it, like you said, it's that. about changing the narrative. I heard about the story. They was like, it was two monkeys. They had a group of like five monkeys in a cage. So one monkey tried to climb up the cage. He was shot down with like water. Mm-hmm. So he didn't try it anymore. The second monkey tried to come up the cage. They shot with water. He doesn't try it anymore. So those two monkeys, the three monkeys that were still there, saw them do that. They didn't do it. They swapped out two um, those two monkeys with two other monkeys. So those two monkeys tried like... Long story short, like, it got to a point that none of the original monkeys were there. Mm-hmm. So none of the original monkeys knew if I try to climb up that I'm going to get shot down with water. Mm. But they were conditioned to just stay there because no one tried. Right, right. So it's like we're conditioned to stay at a place. Exactly. We're conditioned to stay at a place because we, we never try to step out of the boundaries. We never try to step out of the narrative. Because if you do step out of the narrative, it's not bad. Like, you but find now, yourself. But now you take that same uh, scenario. Now the monkey trying to climb out, and you got other monkeys pulling them down. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. The, That's what happened. They, I think uh, I skipped that part, but they were trying to pull him down because they thought he was going to get shot by the water, exactly. but they never knew, you know, why the other two monkeys, because they weren't never there. They just knew, like, you can't do this because we just saw this person not do it, right. so you can't do it. Exactly. I don't know why you can't do it. We yeah, just but this, you just it. can't do it because no one's done it mm. successfully. So I think, like you said, like this young rapper, if you change the narrative at a young age, that people grow up seeing this new narrative. Exactly. And it'll change generations after it. So it's more so we're not stuck in this box anymore. You know how I look at it? This is why I work with kids. You know, I like working with younger kids over than um, older kids because I can plant that seed mm-hmm. and make sure as well. Now, if I get an older kid, sometimes my seed already grown and the tree already like might be fucked up. You know, and that shit kind of hard to fix the tree on that. But if you already planted the damn seed, right, you plant that seed right, and that shit going to grow out beautiful. Now, I'm not saying, like, it, you can't save them or nothing like that shit. But, like, it that's basically, like, you start that shit early, and then that mindset yeah, you, you start you change you change the mindset of the youth so that when they get older, like, a lot of youth are more prone to vote now. They're right. they're more so into politics. You know why? Because Ooh, we started making it cool. We I'm started so telling people that, that shit. Cuz I was about to argue with one of my coworkers the other day. Mind you cuz I'm the youngest one at my at my school. I'm 27. Mm-hmm. The rest of my coworkers are like 47. Mm-hmm. And my mother was like, "Yeah, you know, the problem is your Mr. M generation don't vote." I said, "Fuck, what you that say?" I said, "My generation probably go out mm-hmm. harder than y'all do." 
Yeah. On some shit. So I'm like, yeah, my bad. Get my little two cents. That's up. fine. That was um, that's a conclusion of our real talk conversation. We're gonna start this interview. I'm gonna let you start off. Kurt. All right, all right. I know now, you have some questions. Now, 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 now. Yes, I do. Now, now, I need you to tell me what part. What part are you from again? North. Uh, oh, I used to work not that far from there, a little bit off. So you um you ain't that far from Seoul. No. No. You ever been there? I mean, like to speak at? No, I never been there to speak. Oh, okay. Like yeah. I speak to children. Mm-hmm. My man got a program called Writers Matter, so he do like a school tour. No. To the kids no, no, not that not that soul. I'm talking about country cooking soul. You ain't oh, no, 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 no. Soul. I don't live there no more. Oh, okay. That's where I'm from. That's where my <laughs> family roots is from. I've been all over the city. Got you. Got you. What's your favorite part of the city? I I like at. I like every part of the city for what I like it for. Like I lived in mm-hmm. South Philly. You did? Yeah. Ah, the P, that's what's up. Uh, lived uptown, uh, West Philly. Aries part of the city is unique for its mm-hmm. own reason. So I was about to ask you that. Can you tell somebody that's not from Philly that describe Philly in one word? Just raw, you know what I'm saying? Just like raw Monday energy. night. He said Monday night. That's wrestling, oh, bro. <laughs> See, my God. <laughs> he said like Monday night. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's a good. That's a good um um answer. I yeah, it's raw that. because if you go to like New York, like I, uh, not New York, I tell my homies that like that that move to LA or you know what I mean. They ask for advice, and I'm yeah. like, it's gonna take a while to adjust to because the energy ain't real mm-hmm. like how it is out here, like. You gonna get like a runaround out there over mm-hmm. here. Somebody just tell you like, "Yo, I'm not coming," or like, "They not gonna sugarcoat it." Mm-hmm. And I mean, over there, it's like you get a lot of industry answers from everyday people. That's why mm-hmm. another question I asked: What's your favorite place you ever vi- visit? Because say you're a traveler. Yeah. What's your favorite place you ever been to? Tokyo. You been to Tokyo? Yeah. That shit lit. I performed well, over there too. For real? Yeah. Yo, how was that compared to performing in the United States? It's different. Every country different. Um, when I went to Tokyo, it was like a, a education process. A lot of times you got to teach the people how to like party, you know what I mean? Like, or how to turn up to the certain music, you know what I'm saying? How so the hell you teach them? It's an education process. It's like performer shit. Like if you familiar with performing, and you, it's, it's an energy. Like it's hard to explain, mm-hmm. but like if you was in a crowd and I told you I was going to do this before I did it, you will understand what I was doing. Okay. You know okay, what I'm saying? Okay. How, the, how is it like the, well, you basically answered my question. I was say, how is it like the rap scene there? It's, uh, it's J-pop. Uh, hip-hop is big over there. Um, the reggae scene is bigger. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, so when you go to, like, different parts of Asia or just all over the world, you get to see, like, the influence of, like, hip-hop culture, You'll see like a uh, black culture, like mm. um, you go to like Bali. We was in Bali this summer, and uh, you got Afrobeat. Like Afrobeat mm-hmm. is big over there. Uh, reggae is big. They listen to hip hop, but not as much as Afrobeat. Okay. Um, every different, like you know, just different parts of the world are influenced by different things. So it's like when you get over there, you get to interact with the people. But like over in Japan. Uh, they got like the hip hop clubs and like they know all the songs everything gets over there probably like a little later mm-hmm. so like a lot of songs that we listen to like they'll know the trendy songs but like a lot of like classic Jones right. get over there a little later and still last like mm. we was in a club called Club Harlem and uh, they was playing in the club 50 Cent 50, yeah. everybody knew the words but at the same time they still knew uh 
uh, Bobby Schmurda when it came out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? This was like a year after Bobby Schmurda came out. Right. So right. it was like, you know, the hits let live. They they reached there a little later and live a little longer. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm glad you said different. Because remember I said use one word to describe something? Mm-hmm. When I heard your music for the first time this week, I was like, yo, this boy different. Yeah, he texted me. He's like, he's different. And I was like, yeah, he's different. He's because like, different. And I, the reason why I tell this all the time, the reason why I love Apple Music is that they give you the lyrics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like, what you're talking yeah. about is something you would not saying. It's something that you're used to, but it's it's presented in a different way. So it makes you look at the words completely different. Yeah. So how would you describe your your hip hop style? Right. Um. Is uh, I say it's like subconscious conditioning. Um. Because mm-hmm. when you hear the music, it's like I'm hitting you on different cylinders, right? So you got the EDM crowd that listen to the music and they they feel it, mm-hmm. the emotion and how I'm saying it, they connect with it, but they not might not understand Same the lingo. Word. Yeah. But when the hip hop boys listen to my shit, it's like, damn, I know what he's saying. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, one of my songs, what I say, uh, I said, uh, I'm out. What I say, swear I'm always working and I'm always up to something. Yeah, I ride with them at, but I still be in the jungle. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I rock with the EDM world, but I still be in the trenches for real. Right. You feel mm-hmm. me? So it's like, right. hip hop side to get that. But the EDM side, I probably think I'm talking about traveling and like being in Brazil. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it's good though, cause you you're getting those different audiences. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm pretty sure your shows are probably really diverse. They super diverse. Like we do our uh, monthly at Weston Down. Uh, it's called Hood EDM Purge, mm-hmm. and that's probably our we about to do our third joint for New Year's Eve, and every time we did it, it's been like packed. So, ten o'clock it opens. We hit capacity at like ten thirty. Oh wow. You know what I'm saying? So, and this is like every day, like every night. I mean, not every night, but like every month we do it. Mm-hmm. And it's all different types of people. You got like Asian, black, di- I'm going to say different type of Asians, different type of blacks. Mm-hmm. You got the ones that like reggae. You like the you got the ones that like Afrobeat, the ones that like hip hop. It's just all types of people, all it's types like of you, white people. It's like you tap shit. into like the super code because it's like you, your audience is so diverse. So you got different types of streams of income. You got different types right. of money. Like Absolutely. So it's just like you hit the jackpot when it comes to like your crowd because like you said, you got the hip hop audience by your lyrics. You got the EDM crowd by by just the beat because I don't know. Have you ever been to like an EDM party? No. It's it's a different it's so, a different type of feel. So I'm very <laughs> I'm very selective with like the, the DJs I work with mm-hmm. and the uh, energy that I you know, give on like uh, EDM songs mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, it's a message, is a is a brand, mm-hmm. and it's an energy, right? So you go on like one like hype playlist mm-hmm. on Spotify is like right. a very well you know well renowned like playlist right. run by Austin Kramer. Shouts out to Austin Kramer, but it's like I'm all over that like features in original music mm-hmm. and they call it like workout music so mm-hmm. people are like have my music in their playlist or listen to my songs and not even know who i am mm-hmm. so when they see me it's like i don't welcome to my like, hey i'm bach nero i did this this and that it's just like you'll find out but i i like that that's what i like about music and that's how i approach it like you'll listen to my stuff whether you know me or not mm. and then when you meet me it's just that much more of a vibe you know what i'm saying no but it's, facts, it's it a different energy like i'm chill right now but like on stage i'm real like Hype, you know what I'm saying? As like a turn up. So it's just it's the energy at the end of the day. And it's I feel like that's the best way to connect with people because when I'm traveling, it's like I might not you might not understand what I'm saying, like to a T, but 
you feel the energy. Mm-hmm. Like I was in the uh, Netherlands. We was in Amsterdam and I'm performing. And uh, they speak English and Dutch. And people don't know like Dutch is like probably the closest language to English. Mm-hmm. Like they have English words. Like dialect. Yeah, yeah. It's like they have English words in their like in their, their vocabulary. vocabulary. Right. So they'll understand what I'm saying, but the energy is how they connect to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, yeah. and vice versa. So Damn, that's crazy. So what made you get into this hood EDM vibe? Like yeah, I was getting ready yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, because so I remember I, I remember maybe maybe like five or six years ago I went to one of your shows. This was like before you were like big time or whatever. I don't know where it was. It was down um Market Street. Like remember that old like venue down like thirtieth and market or like You talking about Coda? It was like Coda. near McDonald's? I don't know. It's not there anymore. Oh, uh, Blockly. You talking yeah. about the Blockly. Yeah. It was yeah. like Shout maybe, out to the yeah, blockly. it was a while ago. And But you weren't making this type of Yeah, I was. Music. that was when I was doing more like like punk rap. Yeah. I was like blind gang. Uh-huh. So yeah. what made you do the, the switch over? So I went down to Miami and I went to a festival called Ultra and I seen the energy like, like I went on, like my man Gaddafi, he was doing like the MCing for like the 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 DJs mm-hmm. and he took me down there and he was just like you know watch this and then he just was like you know he did his rap or whatever and I seen that they appreciated they connected with like his energy because he was like a a real like a a lyricist mm-hmm. and the whole EDM thing is like performance based and like like I say I reiterate energy right so they connected with him because they respected the fact that he was like hip hop doing what they did right mm-hmm. so. I just I just understood where music was going, where it was headed, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I love this already. I already do hip hop, but I've never been the type to just do like hip hop one way. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I started mm-hmm. off battle rapping in high school, right? So oh shit! I like it was just I don't want to say it was easy, but it was like easy for me to get complacent because like if I'm just sitting here and writing like yeah. straight. Straight rap. Like, I was even, like, I got real animated with my voice. That was my style. And uh, I've, I just felt like that was the next necessary step because it's, like, I got to find a way to stay in love with music, reinventing mm-hmm. what I'm doing and just stay creative. Like, right, keep right. my Keep me interested in music, you know what I'm mm. saying? So you agree with the that music, um, hip-hop needs subcultures then? Oh, yeah, Not absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like hood EDM can definitely be one of them. It could be a bridge. It is the bridge to uh, EDM because uh, there's nobody else that's doing what I'm doing on the level that I'm doing it um, with the respect of these DJs and uh, the fans. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Hip-hop, I can, like, I can rap rap. You know what I mean? So I'm never, like, I'm never worried about that. Like, I I drop freestyles every now and then just to, like, exercise myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, the challenge for me is, like, like I said, I'm writing one song, but I'm hitting multiple cylinders. Like I'm, you know, what I'm saying I'm, I'm uh, uh, connecting to these people emotionally. I'm connecting to these people lyrically, and it's like double entendres, and yeah. you know, what I'm saying like two lines for one. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying so. Mm-hmm. What's somebody yeah. that you um looked up to in music? Like who was like your favorite person to listen I, to? I like uh, Andre 3000 for those reasons I said like. Like, he was able to, like, visually, you know what I'm saying? He was able to connect with people around the world. Like, mm-hmm. But lyrically, you had to respect him, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Kanye, because he could do multiple things. Like, they told him he couldn't rap because he was a producer. He started rapping. Like, right. 
and he was lyrically like one of the best because he like sharpened his skills with like commons, most deaf, Talib Kweli, all them bulls, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just people like that, like people that just exercise the the that's multifaceted. It's, yeah, it's not just one dimensional. Yeah. So, Bach, I appreciate you being here. Thank no you doubt, so much. No doubt, Where yeah. could our fans like find you at? Yeah. If you mind to you. Throw all them plugs up. So, uh, everywhere, Bach Nero, B O K N E R O, and then I got uh, my music on this new platform called Loom. Mm. Oh, Loom shit. app. It's oh, a streaming service. Mm. Can I yeah, have it? you can Thank have that. You. you could just scan it with your uh, phone. Yeah. Grab yeah, one of them, bro. But yeah, it's a I new um, <laughs> it's a new streaming platform out of the Midwest. Uh, I partner with like they they really like at the beginning of something great. Um, I be walking up to people like yo, uh, yeah, they like ask me the questions y'all ask like yo, where can I find your music? I'm like mm-hmm. yo, I got it on the Loom app. They be like oh yeah, yo, you got the Loom app, you on there? I'm on there too. I'm like wow, this is crazy. And they just launched like. Three months ago. And where you say they were based? They it, the company was uh, based out of Milwaukee. Okay. Okay. So it was a group of college kids that got together, and they said, "Fuck getting jobs at the school. We gonna like start our own business." And like I they found today. funding with it for it, and it just started growing. Like I be on there watching my streams just grow. Like it's crazy. Like it's a direct to fan from artist connection that you don't get on other streaming services. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's why I like it. But um yeah, my music is everywhere. Bach Nero, B O K N E R O, but especially on there because that's the future right there. That's the right, future. Right. You yeah. see what you see what Disney doing, Disney yeah. Plus. Yeah. You have a good hindsight. Yeah, like your vision is very hindsighted. Oh, yeah. So it's very like you, gotta have that you shit. see where you see where it's going and you see where you're gonna be and you see how you're gonna make it there. Right. Yeah, it's for very, me because it's, it's it's bigger than music for me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's not just music, it's about like I learned so like music is the the automobile that's driving me to these places. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like I learned so much. Like I've I dropped out of college, but I write college papers. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Ooh. It's like I've ha- I've had political conversations with my friend in Netherlands because he tell me how their government is set up, and it's crazy. And it's like I know the difference between socialism, communism, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean just from talking to people yeah. and seeing what works and what doesn't work, and it's crazy. Like just traveling did that for me and music did it for me it was like the connecting so. well thank you so much for coming on our show and being our first guest so yeah. really yeah, appreciate history. that exactly that's some history I was like there. I got the first guest I'm gonna hit him up I was like I know since I was 12 guys yeah we went to school like, <laughs> oh yeah when she, when she said when you was talking about like you know being like one of the only black yeah. people in a white school it, it is it, it was right. it was it's real it it's was real yeah. because yeah. you look like Okay. I know for me personally, it's like I was coming from the hood, you know what I mean? Dealing with my problems back there, cousins getting shot at, right? Cousins going to jail for Some life. Shit the white people in that real well, life shit. They want to relate. I don't want to cut people. you guys off, I'm but I'm going to have to cut you guys off because we are at our time. It was about to get good. We are at our time. Part two, that John. Part two. Sure. We'll part have two. you back when if you're ready. That we really appreciate that. Listen, I definitely pop up. Ain't nothing. We see y'all next time. This is the world's most dangerous podcast. <laughs> that shit is not dangerous. I'm your man, brother Kurt. Naomi May. And we out. See y'all next week. Wake See the fuck y'all. up.